welcome to the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Take a breath because you are in the right place and you can finally stop apologizing for being an introvert. I'm Tara and I've discovered how to thrive as an entrepreneur while being 100% true to myself. Now I want to help you do the same. In these episodes, you're going to find everything you need to build a successful service-based business so you can stop competing with extroverts and grow and market your business with ease. Are you ready? Do I have some news to share with you today? So are you experiencing burnout and overwhelm as an introvert in your service-based business? It's time to stop comparing yourself to extroverts in your industry so you can focus on your strengths as an introvert to grow and scale your business. I want to invite you to my free five-day introvertpreneur summit happening April 26th through April 30th where you can hear from over 40 amazing speakers on everything from business building videos without ever having to be on camera to the three secrets to starting a profitable blog as an introvert in 2021, and so much more. This summit is completely free to attend. All you have to do is grab your free ticket from the link listed below in the show notes resources. See you there. Welcome back to another episode of the Introvertpreneur Podcast. I am so excited to have today's guest on. We are chatting with Natalia Comis. She is an intuitive business mentor, spiritual leader, and the founder of Remote Mission. She is known for her entrepreneurial mission-led projects that empower the visionary leaders of tomorrow. And I know she is going to have so much good information and knowledge to share with you guys. So hi, Natalia. I'm so excited you are here to join us today. Hello, Tara. Thank you for having me. Yes, I am so excited to chat with you. So right off the bat, I would love it if you could tell us a little bit more about you and your story and how you got started in business. Yeah, so it's it's quite a long higgledy-piggledy ride. <laughs> I I think I was never really destined for a normal, you know, nine to five work life. I was brought up in Greece. I'm half Greek. You know, both of my parents were very entrepreneurial. We, I grew up seeing and being a part of the family business and seeing them, you know, start things from scratch and make them really successful. And I don't think I realized what normal really looked like in terms of, you know, in terms of your career and a work life and what is deemed as normal in many other parts of the world. So when we moved to the UK or when I moved to the UK and, you know, I went through school and university and all that kind of stuff, when it got to the point of, okay, I need to get a job now, I was still rose-tinted glasses thinking that, I would be fine and I would love it and whatever came my way would be the right thing. And I studied art at uni, so it was never going to (laughs) be a straightforward job situation after I left. Uh, I I worked in galleries. I even uh, set up an art collective with with a few other people and we had our own gallery and we rented studios out and did lots of fun stuff. When I was at uni, I was approached by a PR company to write for them because I had a blog at the time where I was writing. And it was kind of, I always had this business side and then the arty side. And that's always been the case for me. And so when I really started to embrace real world, (laughs) I realized quite quickly that I didn't really like office life. I think I lasted about two years maybe. And I went back to the art world and I went and traveled all over the place. 
I was part of another art collective and we did loads of amazing work in Nepal and a lot of social impact related work as well. We did stuff all over Europe and it was just this amazing experience that allowed me to meet lots of interesting people. And I remember the point where I decided to start my own business was in Nepal and I I was running workshops for the British Council there. And I remember the the people that I had met there, who I now, you know, I, I call friends in Nepal. And they were saying, why aren't you doing this for yourself? Why don't you set up your own business? Why don't you run your own workshops and, you know, teach people this stuff and get paid for it without doing it for others? And that was the seed for me. When I got back, I thought, yeah, why am I not doing this stuff? So I very quickly set up a website you know, made my own business cards and designed all the stuff and just started handing things out to people whenever I went to any events or did anything. And that was the starting point of so much for me, because even though that's not what I do now, and uh, I very quickly changed my business and set up another business, I think within about nine months, it really was where I met so many people that I still rely on today and that I still have connections with and that I still go back to and say, you know, do you want to do this together? Can you help me with this? Can I help you with this? And it was something that really triggered and it really helped me to see what I wanted to do. It really helped to open up the doors for what could be basically. And after that, I went on to start. So that was a, ended up being a, a creative marketing agency. And I had it for a few years alongside having this other business, which was I Am Adventures, which was helping women and girls become more empowered and go on creative walking adventures around the world. And it was amazing. And I loved every bit of it. But there was misalignment in places and I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling that and I wasn't feeling the marketing agency. There was something not quite right. And a lot of things happened in that time where I was feeling a bit misaligned. And I was actually in Nepal during the earthquake there. And so much of what happened in that year and in that time when the earthquake hit that I realized I needed to take a step back. So I took a step back. I spent about a year just healing and I came, went back to my art and painted and became more self-expressed and just allowed myself time and space and literally took myself away from everybody and everything and needed that uh, alone time because I actually love my alone time. And I'd spent a few years being overly extrovert and forgot that I needed to give myself stuff and time and space and love and heal. There was a lot of stuff that I hadn't been allowing myself to heal through. So I gave myself that time. And through that process, I slowly came to what I'm doing now. And that has just grown and grown and grown, really. And and now I I help others to connect with their true selves, to become fully self-expressed, to understand what it is that they are here to do through lots of different tools and means of connecting and just allowing themselves to be their true selves. I think it's so, you know, we forget that we know so much about ourselves and we know why we are here and we do know what we want to do. We just allow for the outside world to make us believe that we don't. So that's that's what I do now. I help people to connect with themselves and to discover their mission and to start their own businesses and do their own thing. And hopefully in that process, help to make the world a, a better place. That is incredible. Your story is amazing. And <laughs> I'm just, I counted like 10 points that are really valuable learning lessons in your story and take great takeaways for others listening. Like it's okay to pivot. Mm. Um, It's important to be in alignment and be authentic in your business. It's okay to step away and take the space you need to get back in alignment with your business. Like you've transitioned your business a few times and that's important too for anyone. I know some people when they're first planning out a business and they're, or they're launching it, sometimes they have multiple 
passions and they feel like if they put out a business in one thing or to one target audience that they're locked in, Mm. which is not the case. You can always be changing and growing and what is authentic to you now may not have been a couple years ago. So that is completely fine. Don't let that hold you back from not launching and putting yourself out there because being an entrepreneur is definitely a journey for sure. A hundred percent. And something that I always say is once you've discovered your soul mission, it's that's kind of like your umbrella brand. It's the golden thread that connects everything else together. So it doesn't mean that you're, you can only do this and this is what you have to do for the rest of your life. It's this is what brings all of the other things that you're interested in together under one roof. And you know, I, I don't think I've met anybody who only has one thing that they're interested in and one passion or, you know, one thing that they feel like they're going to do for their entire life. Even people who are truly successful doing one specific thing, they're always going to have other passions as well. And it was something that really bugged me in the art world, which was if you want to be a famous artist, you have to stick to one particular theme, one particular topic, one particular way of creating art. And that's what you're going to get famous for. And that's what you're going to have to do for the rest of your life if you want to continue being famous. So for example, you know, if you only paint seascapes, you can only ever paint seascapes because that's what you're going to be famous for. And that's what people want to buy from you. Um, And it's very much, you know, in business, it's when people say niche down, niche down, and that's the only person you, you're going to want to sell to, and they're the only people that are going to come to you for this. Well, that's just not true. You know, you don't have to follow the rules that all of these gurus say. Like, who are they to make up the rules? You follow what feels right to you. I love <laughs> how you worded that. That is so true. And I'm a big believer on that too. Like, niching down is fine, but don't niche yourself too far down where you're limiting your business and limiting the types of people that you want to work with. Because I've worked with several people who I would never have thought would have been perfect clients or people that I could really connect with. And if I had limited my messaging and niche down so far, um, they wouldn't have resonated with me and wouldn't mm. have connected with me. And it's what you mentioned earlier, you know, what you picked up on when you pivot. So I believe that you naturally attract certain types of people who are meant to learn from you and you're meant to learn from them. And I do believe that you attract people with certain traits. However, those people will come to you at different parts of their journey. So for example, when I was doing I Am Adventures, you know, I was attracting people who were still not quite ready to start their own thing or do something different. They just needed a bit of an escape and a way to come back to themselves and something that would help them to feel a bit more creative. Whereas now I'm still attracting the same type of people, but they're further along on their journey. So I'm attracting people who are willing to start something and they they know that they want to start something, but they're not quite sure what it is. They're fed up of being burnt out and and not having freedom to be self-expressed, freedom to be creative, freedom to make an impact in the way that they want to make. They're starting to embrace who they are, but they need some help with that. Whereas before, you know, they weren't quite there yet. And as I've grown, as as I've developed and connected more with myself and learned more about myself, and also I've been able to express myself better, I've attracted my clients who are also at a slightly more advanced stage. Is so true. So what type of clients do you typically work with? So one of the things that I actually use with my clients, and I call them soul clients, is I use astrology and numerology a lot to help us pinpoint who you naturally attract and who you're meant to work with to learn from, but also what they're looking to learn from you and what they're, how they see you and what it is they're actually wanting from you. Because naturally what we do is, you know, we are inspired by someone or we want to learn from someone because we want to be more like them at some capacity. And 
whenever we're working with mentors or coaches, a lot of the time we are connecting to them on a deeper level, on an emotional level and you know, on a spiritual level to an extent, but more so we're connecting to them because we see something of ourselves in them or we want to see something of ourselves in them, right? And so the people that come to me are people who A, are also slightly workaholics. I call it's generally I attract people who have Capricorn-like traits. So if we're talking about star signs and, and birth charts, it's people who are more Capricorn-like. So people who are very ambitious, but they are maybe they work themselves a little bit too much or a lot too much. They really care about what they're doing so much so that work is their life you know their mission is what they are here to do and that is their priority but they're unfulfilled in that and they're unfulfilled in what they have done so far and the success that they've created so far because it hasn't made them feel good it hasn't been impactful enough they haven't started to really leave a legacy that they are proud of And so the people that come and work with me generally are people who either have already had a a level of success or they have probably burnt out um, because they've been working so hard and they've not been filling up their well, they've not been connecting to their light, right? And they come to me because A, they want to connect back with themselves, they want to connect to their light and to be more fulfilled and to be in flow. Most of the people that are burning out in our society are people who are too much in their masculine energy and they haven't connected with their feminine energy. And this was me, you know, I was very much like this when in my first business, I was very much go, go, go. And, and the Greek culture is very much a masculine culture. And that's what I saw, you know, my dad was working constantly. It wasn't a nine to five job in, you know, when you've got your own business, it's a 24 seven job. And especially in Greece, because it was, it's sort of six months of the year, you're working every day, all hours of the day. And then probably a bit longer to be fair, maybe seven, eight months of the year, and then four or five months or however long it is. (laughs) I'm not going to do the maths out. (laughs) You're, you're just, having a nice time during the winter, chilling out because you've burnt yourself out so much during the summer. And that's what I'd seen, right? So I'd seen this whole push, 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 completely burn out, sit down, do nothing because you literally can't do anything because you're so tired and then start again. And it was this vicious cycle. And we see that so much in the corporate world, in the professional world. You know, we're, we're not taught how to find flow, We're not taught how to create balance and success a lot of the time is connected to masculine energy. It's connected to action as opposed to, well, hold on a minute. If you're, you know, what does success mean to us? Does it mean you're literally killing yourself over something in order to get successful? Because that doesn't sound like fun to me. So the people that I'm attracting are going, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do it like this. I want to have fun. I want to do things that feel good. I want to help people. I want to help the world be better. And I want to feel better in the process. And so I use different tools and techniques to to help them connect with themselves, to help them connect with their own intuition, to heal anything that needs to be healed, and then to step up and be the leaders that they are meant to be unapologetically. You know, if, if we're wanting to be conscious leaders, and visionary leaders and start to change the world for the better, we have to be willing to change things about ourselves in the process and to be better ourselves and to really step into the roles that we are here to do and not be afraid to do that. No matter, you know, it is scary being an entrepreneur, especially if you're sensitive or if you're an empath or if you're an introvert, it's scary doing things. It's definitely scary being creatively expressed and fully self-expressed and showing that to the world and being vulnerable. You know, with social media and everything else that we have these days, we're exposed in many ways. And we're, we're almost taught now by all of the different gurus to, you know, put everything out there, tell everyone everything about you, be completely honest and vulnerable and that yes, that's important to be authentic and to 
open up about your stories, your relevant stories, but you don't have to tell the world everything. And you don't have to share everything about you. You share the things that you know are going to connect with your soul clients. That's what I do. I know my clients so well now. I know what's going to connect with them. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I was connecting with everything you were saying because I've definitely been there with burnout, pivoting my entire business structure, really figuring out what I love to do. Like I, I was at one point continuously showing up on live video, which I really despise doing. It just drained me as an introvert. And for some, because everyone was telling me that was what I had to do to be successful and grow my audience. But I found that I was putting all of this energy into it and it wasn't connecting with people. And then it kind of clicked and I was like, okay, it's not connecting with people because it's obvious. It's not authentic to me. I'm not having fun Mm -hmm. doing them. I'm not really able to connect with people this way. So it's just a waste of time and energy. Um, You're not in your light and therefore they're not seeing it. Yes, exactly. I feel like it's so important to really stay true to yourself. Like you don't want to grow a business and be so stressed out and burn out and having to work like 20 hours, seven days a week. Nope. Mm -hmm. That's not enjoyable. And that's not sustainable either. No. And something that I've been talking about recently, actually, and something that my clients quite often struggle with is knowing when to actually take that time off, knowing and allowing ourselves that time off throughout the week. So something that I find really interesting is knowing the different energy for each day. So each day has a more masculine or a more feminine vibe to it. And once you start to understand some of the stuff and how your body naturally responds to different days and different weeks and different seasons, you can start to connect with that flow and allow yourself the time and the permission, you know, give yourself that permission to roll with that. So for me, you know, Mondays and Fridays are my chill out days. I hate going on into a Monday and having a lot of stuff on. It burns me out instantly for the rest of the week. And throughout the day, you know, today I realized that I was feeling really tired. So I literally decided to take the morning off and have a bath. Now that might seem like, well, don't you have stuff to do? (laughs) But the problem is, you know, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have done any of the other stuff. I wouldn't have actually been able to take aligned action on the things I needed to do. And, you know, like life happens. One of one of my clients had a, a family member go into hospital and, you know, she sent me a message saying, I'm feeling really guilty. Like I'm, I'm going to be behind on all of my stuff. And, you know, how am I going to get back into the work mode because I've got all this other stuff going on? I was like, this is life. Like you have to remember what's important and people are going to understand first of all and you need to look after the things that matter right you you need to look after your energy you need to be there for the people that you love you know i feel like the majority of people okay start a business in order to find freedom doesn't matter what how you perceive freedom or what it is that you're after when you think about freedom Everybody that I've ever spoken to that has started their business or gone freelance or, you know, done something for themselves, one of those key factors that they've done it is for a sense of freedom. Now, there's no point in doing that if you're going to not allow yourself that freedom when you need it. And I think remembering that, you know, reminding ourselves, hold on a minute, why am I killing myself over something that doesn't need to be the case? Why am I making myself, you know, burn out or be tired or be stressed or making myself believe that this is the way things need to happen? It's not the way things, you know, need to happen or have to happen. You are in control of what that looks like. And that's the beauty of running your own business and of working for yourself, that you can create your reality and what your work life looks like and what your business looks like and how you want to grow your team and how everybody else works and what times they work and where they work and 
all of this stuff impacts you. And it's up to you to remember that you can make this impact you in a positive way. Yeah. And I I feel like one quote that I really love along those lines is the one that you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm. And it, especially for people, like if you're in a service based business and you're working with clients, it's important too, not just for your own mental health and well-being, but also if you're serving others, you can't really be present and serve them to the best of your ability if you are running on empty every day and totally burnt out and rushing through tasks that you have to do that are piling up on your to-do list. So it's really important, I feel like, for, for both you and the people that you work with. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think that's especially the case for people who are a bit more sensitive, you know, more empathic, because you're not only dealing with your own stuff, but people who are a little bit more empathic and generally people who are more introvert tend to be, you pick up their stuff as well. So you do need to make sure that you have enough energy and enough light around you so that you're able to help them and support them and connect with them. Because if you don't, you're both not feeling it. You're both going to be feeling disempowered, actually. And that's when, you know, you start to get resentful of the work that you're doing or the clients that you have. And they might be feeling that as well. So yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. And I've definitely been there in the past. I think we <laughs> we all experienced that at some point. I feel like everything you're saying, like even the days of the week, I've never thought about them in a way of some days being more masculine and some Mm. days more feminine. For me, I always somehow put so much on my to-do list for Mondays and I am going to change that after this discussion. Yeah, that is true. It's, It's always like, oh, Monday's here. I have so much to do. I get it done. And then I feel a little burnt out for the rest of the week. Mm. So. I'm going to try flipping that around next week. (laughs) I love it. I literally, I never have calls on a Monday morning. If I have to, I'll do something in the afternoon if I really can't do it on another day. But I try to not do anything that's client facing or people facing on a Monday. Unless sometimes I might do a live, you know, on my Facebook page or somewhere late in the day after I've had basically the day to myself. But, and that's the other thing actually. And, you know, this goes back to what you were saying about doing lives and, you know, not feeling it. I found that when I have a, almost like a plan, when I have a plan to do something every day, every week, and if I'm not feeling it, it really gets me down because I think, oh, but I, you know, I've told everyone I'm going to do it and I've got to do it now. Whereas what I've started to do instead is just show up when I'm feeling it, like literally in that moment, whenever I think this is a good idea or I'm feeling energized, I'm going, okay, do it, just do it now. Don't worry about the background or what you look like or what's going on everywhere else. Just do it once, once you're in that energy because otherwise you start to think, too much about it you get in your head or you feel tired and you don't want to do it and I just you know sometimes you've just really got to go with the flow but going back to to the days of the week so this is something that so I work a lot with the elements and with the different energy types and each day has so many unique energies and values towards it and each one is connected to different elements and actually I do have a freebie I don't know if that's okay to share here but I I have a free energetic planner as well which your audience are more than welcome to download we can give them a link to literally to help them to figure this out and to figure out okay well what do I actually need to do in my business these days and I really believe that it's so much better to just go with what comes naturally to you rather than trying to fight against it and to do it the way that everyone else does or you know everyone's told us to do it you know the the whole system the whole work system 9 to 5 system it was built on a patriarchal society like it was built on masculine energy and the world's moving towards a more feminine way of being now and we are realizing that actually we do want balance and we are getting burnt out and this isn't working for us 
and we do want more fulfillment. And there's so many people. I mean, it's insane. The last couple of years, seeing the amount of people who are connecting to more, you know, to spirituality or opening up more to these possibilities of what could be and talking about things like intuition and feminine energy. I mean, a few years ago, that was not mainstream. You would not even be having this conversation on a podcast, right? And I just feel like so people are opening up a lot more and realizing that there's another way of be of doing this. And actually that way could be better. I do think trying things out, trying the things that might work for you. And if they don't work, who cares? Try something else and find your flow. Find the way that's going to help you be the best that you can be and help you bring your your light to the world in your unique way. I love that. It's so true. And it's so powerful. Like every person is different. Like I feel like what you said about showing up when you feel like it, it's so important, especially for introverts, because Mm. I do a monthly coaching call in my membership. And then I was going to do weekly lives. And I was like, that's just, it's not working for me or my audience who are Mm. also all introverts. It was too much. So I just decided, okay, we're going to do the one monthly coaching call. That'll be like pre-scheduled at the beginning of the month. And then anytime I feel like going live, I'm going to go live in the group. I, I felt bad because it was like people can't plan for it or plan to attend, but it really works better and allows me more freedom to feel like I can show up when I want to, when I have the energy to dedicate to it and, and really drop value instead of going live just to go live and be there. (laughs) And you're just, you're so much more in your power when you do it that way. And everybody else benefits from that much more than if you were to force yourself to do it. Another example is my podcast. I just, when I get to the point of going, do you know what? I just don't feel like doing any more interviews. We don't feel like recording anything now. I just go, okay, well, end of season one. I'll just start it again whenever I feel like doing season two. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's not something that I feel like I have to constantly be doing, but actually I just want to do it when it feels good. Yeah, you're you're making your own rules. Yeah, on, exactly. On what feels good. And we're all entrepreneurs and CEOs, and we have the power to do that. So there are a lot no of people, rules. yeah, a lot of people struggle with that because they're still, I feel like maybe in the corporate mindset where they're like, okay, I've committed to this or something. And then they feel like they can't change it, but you can change anything to be more in alignment. Definitely. And you know, th- whatever rules we think exist, somebody set them up at some point to work for them not for the collective, but for them. We've got to remember that. We've got to remember that just because somebody says this is how you do it doesn't mean you can't do it differently. And that is when we see change. That is when we see, you know, visionaries and innovation. And that is what this next age is all about. It's about us stepping up to question and to be brave enough to change things and to do things the way that feel good as opposed to, you know, feeling pushed just hard. Mm -hmm. That doesn't need to be the case. Definitely. So what would you tell someone who is in the beginning stages of their business? Like your top piece of advice for anyone who has this idea and is going to be launching it and wanting to work with clients? Three things. The first thing is never underestimate the power of being a nice human being. The second thing is human connection is probably the most important thing in any business. The relationships you build, the connections that you make, and how you connect with your audience. And the third thing is remembering to always come back to you to your flow to your light to what feels good to your soul mission you know if one of the first things that I do with my clients is just actually discover and uncover what their soul mission is and create a mission statement and then we go okay whatever you do going forwards if it doesn't somehow connect or if it's not relevant to this statement to this mission then question whether it's actually in alignment with who you are and what you want to do you know because so many 
entrepreneurs and creatives, we have so many ideas. And it's actually quite difficult to decide on which one to go with first or which one to do or, you know, shiny object syndrome. But actually, if you if you bring it back to that one simple rule, does this connect with this mission? Does this golden thread run through it? If not, why am I thinking about doing it? Why am I putting energy there? Is there something else that is calling me there? Have I missed something? Do I need to shift my mission statement slightly? Or am I just trying to procrastinate on my mission by doing something that everyone else is doing? Am I getting distracted? So that would be my third advice and and actually probably one of the most important advice, you know, always come back to that, always come back to yourself and what feels good and remembering to not be blinded by everything else that's going on around you. Shiny object syndrome is a real thing. Definitely. (laughs) I mean, we've all been there, let's be honest. (laughs) Yes, I have at one time, I had about six different ideas for courses and I had the one all outlined and planned. And when it came time to actually create and record the content, I just wasn't feeling it. I thought more about why I wasn't feeling it. And it was really that I didn't feel aligned with the offer or the content. So I completely scrapped that idea and came up with something else that I really was passionate about. I dove right into the content and created it within like a week. Once we really connect and we we really go with it, the energy, the momentum builds so much that it's just suddenly it's there, it's happening, it's created. Definitely. And I'm a big believer like I love following the energy and the flow. Like if I get I call it creative bursts. Um, cause it's usually around creating content or a digital product or an idea. And if it's something that I am really passionate about, I will just run with it and be so hyper-focused on it until it's complete. I have had my team on a Monday. I'm like, yeah, I just finished this, um, start to finish this entire program. <laughs> like there was no planning behind it other than an idea that I had in my head for so long. And finally I really dove into it and had a fire lit under me to just create, 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 because I was so passionate about the topic. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, I'm writing a book at the moment and I've been writing this book for, I don't want to admit how long, probably nearly two years, maybe. And it's definitely changed and evolved. And for the first year, I was procrastinating so much on writing this book. And, you know, the actual overall theme hasn't really changed that much, but it took me to step into who I truly am and to be courageous enough to really tell it how it is and to bring more of me into it and more of my uniqueness and, you know, make it fun to actually start to really write it and to really go for it. It was like a switch. You know, it took a while. I had to do a, bit, a few things myself. I had to learn some things about myself. I had to heal some things and go through some shadow work and also do some extra work with my clients in order to go, do you know what? This is what's missing. And as soon as that clicked, it was like a rocket straight away. Let's write this book now. And interestingly, something that I always find, you know, I'm I'm very much an introvert extrovert. So I am quite an extrovert when I'm with people, but my gosh, do I love my own time and my own space. And I am a huge introvert behind the scenes. So most of the days I'm on my own and I love that. I love being on my own, you know, even though I, I have a partner, he's off doing his thing with, I'm doing my thing. And I think I would really suffer if I didn't have that time on my own however when I do come to that space and I'm doing things with others and do things like this talking to you or you know doing my courses and I'm in my membership with my clients and whatever that really gives me energy and I always find if it's not been too crazy long right if it's just an hour or two then I'm going okay I'm feeling hyped up let me do something else whilst I'm in this energy 
So, you know, quite often I'll then go and do a live or I'll record something else or I'll use that energy to to finish something that I've been putting off. And then I go into my more, all right, now I'm now I'm in back in my own space and my own energy and I can, you know, do things in that flowingness that that works for me. I don't know if you feel like that, Tara. I definitely do. Like I found that at one point I was only doing like calls or lives or things where I had to be outside of my introvert shell um, Mm -hmm. on two days per week. And then I found that some days it would be like nonstop back to back Mm, calls. Tiring, isn't it? Yes. So I was like, okay, that's not working for me anymore. I need to, if I'm going to be doing this much of it, I need to spread it out a little bit more because I was just done at four o'clock at the end of that day because it was nonstop talking like for me even I find that I am such an introvert that if I do too much talking or actively speaking or on video too much I actually clench my jaw and I don't realize it so if I do too much of it I will have a sore jaw for the next couple days so it's really important for me to space things out But I love that because there's a difference, like introverts, uh, there's a scale. You can be an introvert and still show up on live video if you choose to, and it lights you up. You may not do as much of it as somebody who is totally extroverted, but I feel like there's a scale on the introvertism, I feel like. Yeah, I would agree with that. But um, I suffered with anxiety and IBD for my whole life. And in fact, at one point when I was studying, I even suffered from agoraphobia. So just leaving the house took hours. I would literally have to run from my house to work or to uni. And in that time frame, I may need the toilet. And we're talking number twos, like it was not pretty. (laughs) And it was, you know, it was really stressful. I actually found, you know, during this whole pandemic that I've needed even more, I've become even more introvert than normal. And I think a lot of people will be feeling like this, where going out and and being around people and doing things suddenly seems scarier. It seems like anxiety peaks up more and it's more draining because it's not something that we're used to quite as much. And, you know, in the UK, we're still in lockdown. And before that, I was in Spain and they had a really strict lockdown. So essentially, I've been in lockdown for a year. It's been ridiculous. Me too, practically. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, who would have thought it? Thank gosh that we have our own businesses and we can do this online you know thank goodness and that we do you know well at least that I do have and I'm sure you do have lovely clients who we don't mind spending our energy on and with and connecting and showing up for but you know there's people out there in the real world that you have to connect with sometimes and as an introvert that can be really draining something that I learned the hard way and it did take me a while to really truly learn and truly put into practice was boundaries the greek culture really doesn't give much power to people who have boundaries it's a very controlling culture especially for women and so boundaries was really difficult lesson for me to learn and to put into practice the second that i did and i understood what it really meant was when i was able to go you know what no I'm not doing that because I don't want to. I'm not doing that because it doesn't feel good. I'm not doing that because this person drains me too much. Mm-hmm. And the same in business. I don't want to work with that person. I don't want to do that kind of work. I don't want to have to go miles and be on a train for hours on end to go to that one event. Is it really that important? Um, and sometimes it is, you know, and sometimes you have to weigh it up and think, okay, well, I am willing to sacrifice that a lot of the time it isn't we have it comes back to knowing who we are and understanding ourselves and you know how we best work and best perform and how we can be nice to ourselves as well as others because it is a give and take relationship yeah i feel like especially with social media it adds another layer into it like i have really started to be 
more mindful, especially on Instagram, where you're having to constantly engage and network with people and make connections. I found that I've really look inwards about who I am giving my energy to as I'm engaging. And if I have a lot of posts in my feed that are kind of affecting me negatively, I will unfollow. I do not need that in my space and taking up energy that I need to actually engage with people. So I'm being a lot more mindful with with where I put my energy and who I give it to. And I think that's so important. You know, we can control our feeds. We don't have to let social media control us. Over December, especially, but November, December, kind of January time, I spent so little time on social media. I stopped posting. I just wasn't feeling it. I decided not to feel bad about that. Actually, when I talked to my clients about it, when I we actually discussed it in my membership and in my programs, and all of my clients were completely understanding and to a big extent were even like realizing that they wanted to do the same. And I think that relationship that we have with our clients, if they're our true clients and our sole clients, then you're always going to have a deeper understanding and they're very likely going to feel similarly to you when it comes to things like this. So I think we've got to just own it sometimes and not be afraid to do things the way that feel right, you know, everything that we've been saying already and to not feel like we have to be constantly present, constantly online, constantly available, you know, and and boundary setting. You can only contact me on these days, on these platforms. If you want to talk to me and you want a response, this is the best way to do it. Don't expect me to respond to you at the weekends. There's always going to be some clients that will push those boundaries a little bit. And you've got to go, do you know what? No, this is my downtime. And that's something because as a natural giver, that was quite hard for me to do because I want to be there for them whenever they need me. You know, I want to give and they need something from me. But at the end of the day, you can't be constantly there for people. That's one of the biggest issues of working in the online space and being available 24 seven. Cause you know, like I have clients all over the world, like we are in t- different time zones. There's moments where I used to be online talking to people 12 AM my time because that was their daytime. You know, that's not sustainable. You can't do that every day. <laughs> no, <laughs> not unless you're a super uh, night owl. That's yeah. Super. And I feel like touching on that, like with clients, especially setting boundaries, but also sticking to those boundaries. Cause yes. I've had some clients where I've set those boundaries, but then I've gone ahead and Broken ignored it. them myself <laughs> and answered emails like at 10 o'clock at night or on the weekends. And then they will expect that. So I think it's important to also set them and stick to them because we are teaching clients how we work. So if we're not respecting our own boundaries, how are we going to expect the clients to respect them? Totally. And we've all done it. I mean, I, there's still times where I have to really catch myself and go, no. (laughs) Yeah. And the same as well with the language that we use. A few years ago, I started to really teach myself new habits of how I responded in emails and the type of words that I would use. And, you know, I stopped using sorry and and apologizing. I basically was like, you are never apologizing again in an email. Like you're never going to use the word sorry. Unless it was like obviously a huge thing (laughs) that really needed that. But, you know, like, sorry, I'm late. Sorry, this, sorry, that. I was like, just stop doing that and stop apologizing for needing time off or for not getting back to somebody the second they want you to get back to them. So I started to train myself on changing my language and it really did make a big impact. I love that. I so need to do that too, because I'm an empath, introvert, Canadian. So I apologize a lot. Yeah. In emails, I definitely need to. I think women do it a lot more than men as well. So, this has been absolutely incredible. If you could see me, (laughs) every time you've been talking, I've just been sitting here like nodding my head along with everything you're saying because it's so amazing and valuable. And you've definitely gotten me thinking about some things as well. 
Thank you so much for being here. This has been incredible. So I'd love to ask you where we can find you online and hear more about your membership or your programs or uh, your podcast as well, because I know people will want to check that out. First of all, thank you so much for this conversation. It's been amazing. And I love talking about this stuff. So thank you for giving me the time and the platform to do so. My podcast is called Humans on a Mission, and you can find it wherever you find podcasts. And you can go to my website, nataliacommerce.com for everything that I do. And if you want that freebie that I mentioned, that will be on there as well. And my membership's called Mission Seekers Membership. And that's open to anybody who is wanting to be more connected to their mission, who is open to doing business in a slightly different way and open to bringing spirituality and strategy together. That's pretty much my jam. And any of the other stuff, you can check out my website. And all of my handles are just my name. So Natalia Comis on Instagram and Twitter and everywhere else. And my I do have a Facebook group also called Humans and a Mission. So you're more than welcome to come and join that as well. And one last thing, if you are not quite at the stage of starting your own business, but you want something more fulfilling, then you can check out Remote Mission. And that is my second business, which is all about helping you find fulfilling remote jobs in socially minded businesses. That is amazing. And we are going to have all the links below as well in the show notes for everyone to quickly access. And I'm going to be downloading that freebie as well. Yes. (laughs) Um, I would love to know how you get on with it. Do let me know. I will. Thank you so much for sharing. This has been incredible. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways that we can stay in touch until next time. You can join me at introvert-coach.com and at introvertpreneur.com, where you will find tons of blog posts and resources that'll also help you grow your business. If you love what you're hearing, drop a five-star rating and review telling me what you're loving about the podcast so that I can encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, keep using your introvert superpowers. Thank you.